And to Jesus be the glory and the honor and the praise. And God's people said, Amen. A great program today. I have Chad with me because he's got some questions. And he'll be reading the scriptures today. Thank you, sir. And we're talking about the seven reasons for the rapture. I think yeah. once people, you sweet people know what the Bible has to say, it's going to really bless you in a big way. Thank you for being with me. And Lord, thank you for your people. I pray to the Lord you'll speak to us through your word and glorify your precious name. Yes. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. So let's go to John 14. Yes, sir. Verse 3. And I love that so much because I want to show you a scripture in John 17 that fits my one, number one reason. Number one reason why the rapture? Because Jesus misses you. <laughs> because wow. the Lord misses his church and wants to be with us. Wow. Notice the words, notice the words in John 14, 3. And then we're going to look at John 17, 24. If you put both of these scriptures together, you're going to see something beautiful. It may even make you cry. Okay. John 14, 3. Watch what, what the Lord says. Okay. Thank you, sir. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That. That where I am, there ye may be also. Now, now put it with the prayer in John 17, 24, and you'll get the first reason for the rapture. Why the rapture? Because of his love, frankly. Wow. He loves his church so much, he does not want to be away from his church. Or the church away from him. So if you read John 17, 24, that is such a beautiful, you know, cry from the Lord's heart for you and I. And the Lord says these words. Go ahead. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me may be with me where I am, uh -huh. that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. You know, have you have you ever said to your mom or dad, if you love me, please do this for me? For sure. That's what the Lord just said. Wow. He said, you love me, so do this for me. That is a blessed, oh, what, what a word. That the Lord loves this church so much, he wants us with him. That he would say in John 14, I, that he is going to prepare a place to prepare a place for us that where he is, there we may be also. Wow. Because it says he's coming again to take us unto him, to receive us unto himself. That's the rapture. It cannot be the visible return. And I've been telling you, and I want to say it again, when we talk about the second coming of the Lord, we're talking about two stages. Stage number one, the rapture. So there's seven reasons for why it has to happen. Then you have the visible return of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Seven years later, we're dealing with why the rapture, not why the visible uh, coming or this, the visible return. We'll talk about that some, some other time. But today we're going to focus on why the rapture. Number one, because he loves the church. He wants the church with him. And he said, I will that they whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. John 17, 24. That they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So because you love me, Lord, I want my church there. Wow. Okay. Number one. Number two. Number two is also beautiful. And number two is in 1 Thessalonians 4, which we've read many times, but I think sometimes we miss the love behind it. Wow. We miss the reason behind it. Wow. So in 1 Thessalonians 4, 
16, 17. If you have a question, you can go ahead and you know ask me anything you want. Okay, so Thank you. he says this in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, 17. Go ahead and read that for the people. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the, with, with, with the Lord. God has, has ordained and promised that the saints will rise from the dead. Think about what Paul begins by saying in verse 13. I would not have you to be ignorant, my brethren, concerning them which are asleep. He's giving us the reason for the, for, for the rapture. God wants to raise his people, his people from the dead. This is not the resurrection of the wicked. Right. This is the resurrection of the saints. I would not have you, church, to be ignorant, brethren, he's talking to the church, concerning them which are asleep. You know that we never see the word asleep in connection with the wicked. The word asleep is always connected to the saints. Those who die in the Lord are asleep. But those who die away from the Lord are dead. And if you look at the Bible, it never says that the wicked are asleep. The saints are asleep, meaning a resurrection is coming for the saints. That's so powerful. Huh? Yeah. Concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus. Sleep in Jesus. These are powerful words. They're sleeping in Jesus. They're not just sleeping. They're sleeping in him. In other words, as he slept and rose, they shall also arise. Awesome. So anyone who says, or, or when, when you read, we sleep in Jesus, what does it mean? It means he is Lord even of these individuals who are asleep in him. And if they're asleep in him, they're alive in him. To be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. So when you are sleeping in Jesus, you're alive in Jesus because Jesus rose from the dead. Even though the body may be asleep, the individual is alive with the Lord. So it says, it says that you sorrow not even as other which has no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then we sleep in Jesus, that, that it guarantees resurrection. Will God bring with him? God bring with him means they're not dead. God bring with him means they're in heaven now. Anyone who is sleeping in Jesus is with Jesus now in heaven. That's what it means to be sleeping in Jesus. So if any one of you that is watching me has a loved one that is gone, they're not dead. They've never been dead. They will never be dead. Their bodies are asleep but they are asleep in Jesus, meaning the spirit is alive in the Lord. Powerful. Because it says they'll come with him. Yeah. yeah. And then it says this, 
For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, not our word, it's the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain now unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them or precede them, we're not going to go ahead of them, which are asleep, they will, they will be resurrected first before we are with the Lord. They will be resurrected. And then it says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Together means as they are arising from the dead, we'll be literally caught up. Their resurrection and our rapture happens at the same time. Yeah. In the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So we will not meet the Lord in heaven. We will meet him in the air. So number two, not only because of his love, but now his love and our resurrection. The Lord will come to raise the dead the bodies of the saints will be raised. That's the second reason for the rapture. Because without the rapture, there is no resurrection of the bodies of the saints. There is no fulfillment of 2 Corinthians 5. For it says in 2 Corinthians 5 that we will receive a new body. Paul says how God wrought this work in us we will receive our new body. And that's the third reason for the rapture. So, reason number one, his love for the church. Reason number two, the resurrection of the saints. Reason number three, that we might receive a new body. Because without the rapture, there is no new body. So for that, let's go to Philippians. Philippians chapter three. I'm giving you what the Bible says. Why the rapture? Okay, so we're going to look at Philippians now, chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 20, verse 20 and 21. All right, Chad, it's all yours to read for us, verse 20 and 21, please. For our conversation or citizenship is in heaven, Mm. from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch, the word look meaning rapture. We look for the set, we look, we're looking for the coming. We're looking for him to appear. Hmm. Whatever you see, love is appearing, it's about the rapture. Right. Yeah. Because why would the wicked love is appearing? Well, they don't. Right. Yeah. yeah. But we do. Yay! Glory to Amen. God. Okay. <laughs> for whence we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 21 and read it for us, please. Who shall change our vile body, yeah. that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious when, body. When? At the moment we are raptured, at the moment the saints arise from the dead, and those alive are raptured, our bodies, both the ones who've been sleeping and those alive, will be what? Transformed, changed. Yeah. Who will change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like his glorious body. Okay, what does his glorious body look like? Well, we see it in the, in the amazing account of the transfiguration, yeah. where his face was transformed before them. 
transfigured before them. And now his robe and his, his, his appearance became brighter than the sun. And that's what we will look like. We will look like he looked like on the Mount of Transfiguration. Because wow. remember, remember, his body before the resurrection was transfigured, transfigured. His physical form and physical body was transformed before the eyes of Peter and James and John. When they saw his glory, Peter said they saw his glory, remember. In 2 Peter 1, 16, through that portion there, Peter says they saw his glory, but we have a more sure word of prophecy. And I've shared this before. I think we need to read it after this because yes, it's so powerful to understand the power of the word of God. It's more powerful than the vision Peter and James and John saw when they saw his glory in, 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 in the Gospels. But let's, let's just finish this because it says, according to the working whereby he's able even to subdue all things unto himself. In other words, our vile bodies will be subdued to not be vile anymore. Subdue all things unto himself. He will transform us that we will not ever return into this body. We're going to have a glorious body, not an earthly body. Because Paul says there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So let's talk about that. When John saw him, he saw him with eyes of fire hair of wool. That was the resurrected body of the Lord. He was resurrected, quickened by the Spirit, as Paul says. But before his death, before his death, he was changed, transfigured, that he shone with glory. That's what we will look like. Because yeah. our physical body will be transformed. The corruption subdued, removed, our bodies transformed to be like his, changed, made that may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. This is so amazing truth, you know. And and we talk about how important the word of God is. Let's turn to Second Peter, yeah, chapter one, verse sixteen. And I want you to pay attention to this amazing portion that Chad is going to read for you to show you that, that the word of God is more powerful than a vision, than what they saw on that day on the Mount of Transfiguration. So let's begin reading at verse 16, right through 19. Yes, sir. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known to you unto the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He's talking about that tra transfiguration on the Mount of transfiguration. Let's keep going. Verse 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So we saw his glory 
and God spoke and said, this is my son. We saw his glory and we heard the voice of God that spoke from glory. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him at the holy mountain. Now watch this, verse 19. We also, we have also a more sure word, a prophecy. Meaning, it's more more important to know the Bible and what the Bible says than to see what they saw on the mountain. Yes. Yes. Prophecy. You know, I've asked the question, how many prophecies are in other religions? Zero. How many prophecies in the, in the, in the Bible? 2,500. God wanted to show us beyond question that his word is reliable. Yeah. His word is his word by the fulfillment of prophecy because the fulfillment of prophecy is the proof that the Bible is God's word. And 2,000 prophecies have been fulfilled out of the 2,500. Right. 500 to go and then it's over. <laughs> and 500 prophecies are to be fulfilled in the second coming and the millennium reign and the destruction of the earth and the new earth. So think about that. The 2,000 already have been fulfilled. Right. You got 500 to go. Yeah. So the Bible is more important than visions. Yeah. It says, whereunto ye do, you, you'll do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. So it's more important today to take heed. And we talked about it a few days ago that the, that the rapture will happen at a time when everything is normal. Because the Lord said it's like the days of Noah. So we're always looking for trouble, you know. Yeah, troubles are here and there. They've come and they've gone. They come back. They go They go back in. They get more intense. They go down. They go up. And that's what's happened for 2,000 years. And we are seeing today a greater intensity, absolutely, of, of troubles, wars, rumors of wars, all that. But before the rapture, that's why he, he says don't be deceived. Deceived by what? By the peace and prosperity that will be taking place right before the rapture. Because Jesus said they'll be eating, they'll be drinking, they'll be marrying and giving in marriage, they'll be building, working, prospering. The world will look great before the rapture. Everybody thinks it's gonna be you know, falling apart. Not what the Bible says. The days of Noah, like the days of Noah, they were having a great time before the flood came. In their eyes, anyways. <laughs> And how about Solomon and Gomorrah? Same thing. Nobody knew that judgment had fallen till Lot left. Or till Noah was in the ark. Right. Okay, let's quickly go. There's one more reason I want to show you. And that is Matthew 25, 19. And then we're going to continue, God willing, tomorrow. Because this there's so much in here I want to talk to you about. But let's look at Matthew 25, 19. Why the rapture? In fact, in fact, Chad, let's read a little more than just uh, verse 19. Let's go a little further. Let's go a little more, uh, Matthew 25. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 25. And you're going to read for us. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's, oh, sorry about that. Let's begin at verse, um, let's begin at... All right, verse 14, please. Yes, sir. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country 
who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. So that's, be, that's when the Lord left the earth and he, before his ascension, he gave gifts to, the, to, his, to his saints, to his people. Yeah. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. Or what he can be trusted with. Oh. Okay. And straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. Likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. Let's stop. After a long time. It's been 2,000 years since, since the, the ascension, since the resurrection. So the Lord made it clear it's going to be a long time before he returns. Yeah. The Lord of those servants comes and reckons with them. That's the next reason for the rapture. The Lord is returning to reckon and settle accounts with his servants. Mm. With his servants. So reason number one, he loves us. His love is going to bring him back. Reason number two, the resurrection of the saints. Reason number three, the transformation of our bodies. Reason number four, it's up there. That's <laughs> an important one. To reckon with his servants, not his people. Hmm. So the moment the rapture happens, God will call his saints to the judgment seat of Christ. What have you done with what I have given you? what I have gifted you. That's, that's why James says, don't, don't desire to be preachers and leaders. Right. Because to whom much is given, much is required. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Necessity, necessity has been placed on my life. To reject the call is a dangerous because that man rejected the call. The one who had received the one talent, it says he came and said, let me read that in verse 24, I know, I knew thee, that you're a hard man. You see, people who are, who are not faithful see God as a mean God. They don't love him nor want to serve him. You're a hard man. You reap where you did not sow. You gather where you did not straw. Where you, where you did not scatter seed. And I was afraid. No faith here. People who, who you know, walk into the ministry and they don't want to serve because of fear, because of doubt. And I went and hid your talent in the earth and lo, it's there. He said, you wicked and slothful servant. A servant must be found faithful, the Bible says. A steward must be found faithful. When the Lord began using me, and I went home, and I looked up, and I said, Lord, what did you do tonight? Because the power of God fell. He said one thing to me, be faithful to me. Be faithful to me. That's what, what he said to me. Because that's what God is looking for. That's what he's looking for, faithfulness. But this one servant wasn't faithful. He said, you slothful servant. 
Wow. And then it says, he was, he was cast away. Verse 30, cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Someone raptured will be cast out after that if he's found unfaithful. He's coming to reckon with his servant. So there is there, this is a frightening portion, that people, servants can be raptured and cast out. I know that's a new thought to you and to others, but that's what it says. Because they, they are all in his presence. They're not in hell. They're in his presence. The faithful and the unfaithful are in his presence. So he says, take that servant and throw him into outer darkness. And you, you look at verse 29 taken away from them that which they have, uh, cast into outer darkness. Is that why you believe in Matthew 7, 22, where Jesus says, many will say to me in that yeah, day. Yeah, Lord, Lord. In that They're going to say to me, so they're in my presence. Exactly. So, so that day. Means the rapture. Is when we're before the Lord. Many will say to me in that day when the rapture, Lord, Lord, we've done this. I, and he says, I don't know you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So this is a new thought that we need to discuss a little more tomorrow. Yeah. That preachers who will be raptured can also be cast out after they are raptured in the presence of God and rejected. That's a very scary thought. That's why that we must be found faithful that we might not be ashamed, Paul says. Not, not be ashamed. You know, think about what Paul said, if I don't put my body under sub subjection, 1 Corinthians 9, I will be a castaway. How can you be a castaway if you're not in his presence first to be castaway? Right. So think about why the rapture. And there's more I want to share tomorrow because we're not done yet. There's three more very powerful reasons why the rapture has got to happen. But the thing is, saints, let's endure to the end. Let's not fail him. Let's not disappoint him. Let's remain faithful. Let's keep his word in our hearts and abide in him. For the Bible says, abide in him that you may not be ashamed. If you abide in me, Jesus said, you will bear fruit. Abiding is really very, very simple. The commandments of, of, of the Lord are not grievous, they're not difficult, they're not impossible. Because it's easy to abide. Lord, in Jesus' name I pray today that we will all abide and be faithful to you. You're able to keep us from falling and to present us before your throne with joy, without blame, and with joy. To you be all the glory, all honor, and all praise. We will stand before the King of kings and Lord of lords to give an account.
Thank you, Jesus, for your love and mercy. And God's people said, Amen. Let's be faithful to him. Let's remain faithful for the rest of our life. And thank you for giving. Thank you for loving. I really mean that with all my heart. Thank you for supporting the Lord's work. And thank you for continuing to support the Lord's work because of your love for him. What we do for Jesus is not forgotten. So let's keep giving. Let's keep loving. Let's keep serving. Let's stay faithful also in our giving. A faithful man will abound with blessings. You know, those that don't love the Lord never give. Or they give for selfish reasons. They don't give because their heart is in it. They give because they want something back from God. No, no. Yes, give it shall be given. Of course, that's the promise of God. But why are we giving in the first place? Because we love him. Paul said, prove your love in 2 Corinthians 8. Show proof of your love for the Lord. And when you do that, the, the blessings come automatically. Automatically. Because loving is giving and giving is loving. Think about when you love your children, you give them things all the time. So let's do it for the Lord because he is more precious to us than our own life. All right, you can give right now. You can sow seed and say, Lord, I love you. As I give you, I'm telling you I love you, Lord. Let's do that today. You can give and show your love on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or you can simply text BHM4577. And thank you. Honestly, I said thank you for your prayers. God love you all. I'll see you tomorrow as we continue. Why the rapture?